Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the Scout. Hey guys, this is Steve the Scout. I am the voice of the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 20th. And I'm excited to unpack the bloodbath that we saw last night on Monday Night Football, looking at the Rams against the Chiefs. I'm going to attempt to do this all in under 10 minutes, keep it short and sweet, but also make this pack a punch. Remember, tomorrow's show is a Q&A, so if you have uh, questions, um, you probably won't be able to get on this week. Uh, you could certainly try if you can send me a question that is time-sensitive and has something to do with maybe we just saw, but... Traditionally, it takes two to four weeks to get your questions answered on the show, but tomorrow is question and answer day uh, where I will answer questions from the listeners on players, teams, college prospects, uh, offensive schemes. Uh, also, another reminder, we are now having advertisers on the show. We have two that have signed up. If you want more information on that, you can send me an email at stevethescout81 at gmail.com and still entertaining writers uh, who can audition for pigskinnut.com. For those who are crazy about football as a tag name of the website, uh, if you are interested, you can send me a two to three paragraph article uh, just breaking breaking down a game or something involving your team. Um, you can you can I kind of leave that open so you can really do whatever you want with that. I would just say two to three paragraphs, make it have good context, make it pack a punch. So that's what I'm going to attempt to do today is make this make this pack a punch because look, ultimately, you can you can you can go to ESPN. You can go to NFL Network. You can see video highlights of the game. So I'm not here to tell you. Well, this this happened on this play and this happened on that play. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna break down break down things for you. But first, I think what we want to do is let's let's put this game in perspective. Last night, Monday night, November nineteenth, two thousand eighteen. This was the third highest scoring game in NFL history. And it was the number one highest scoring game in Monday Night Football history. It featured a battle of two offensive-minded coaches and two of the best QBs in the game today, with both being in the MVP conversation. Goff, he's in his third year with the with the Rams, um, and his second year under head coach Sean McVay. Um, while this is Mahomes' first real season in the NFL, he's only really played one game last year. But first, you know, let's hop into Marty McFly's time machine. You know, maybe grab Doc Brown on the way and revisit these um, the three highest scoring games in NFL history. But revisit, putting it in perspective, what what was the score? Who were the head coaches? And what were the QB matchups? So going back in time to 1966, the highest scoring game in NFL history was the New York Giants going against the Washington Redskins again. 1966, the Giants featured two quarterbacks, Tom Kennedy and Gary Wood, who took on Redskins quarterback Sonny Jurgensen. The head coaches of that game, interestingly, uh, for the for the Washington Redskins were Otto Graham, who is one of the all-time great quarterbacks, and for the Giants, Ali Sherman, who, who was a coach for them for quite some time. Second highest scoring game in NFL history, because Lambert, last night was the third, was the Bengals versus the Browns in 2004. It was Carson Palmer versus Jeff Garcia, and the head coaches featured Marvin Lewis 
versus Browns coach Butch, Butch Davis. So, highest scoring game, 113. Second highest scoring, 106. This one last night, the third one was 105. Uh, but, it, but you know, if you want to look at offensive talent, I don't know if any of those games matched up with, with the talent we saw on the field last night. So, that game had 105 points, featured Mahomes versus Goff, Andy Reid versus Sean McVay. And this game... You know, it's what we expected it and a whole lot more. I don't think you can really go into any game thinking that it's going to be one of the three highest scoring game. It's going to be the third highest scoring game in NFL history. Again, I could spend all day writing about what happened on every play of the game. But again, to be honest, it would bore you to death. And you can, you can and I can do that for days and days. You have ESPN and the NFL Network for that to give you game highlights and go over every single damn play. Now you don't. Now you don't need an article for that. Instead. Let's unpack what these teams are about, what makes them so dynamic, how, how, they, how they matched up, what were the keys to both teams' success in this heavyweight showdown, because both teams were successful in offense. That's undeniable. And because this is a when we saw really a matchup between two CEO level quarterbacks and head coaches, and one thing is for sure these are two teams with talented coaches and talented quarterbacks who get things done in different ways. Let's examine how they get it done in those different ways. Andy Reid versus Sean McVay. First of all, both coaches they have their own they have their own unique offensive systems that other teams are trying to copy. That is for sure. Last night, both coaches set up the other teams to lose on defense schematically. They both used a lot a lot of setup plays, and the plays they ran, like always, they look complicated. Yet they're easy to execute when you when you hear from their players. Um, it looks complex, but it's simple terms. Something that I think a lot of coaches can can learn from. And again, that's a trademark of both coaches. Uh, both coaches are beloved by their players. Jared Goff after the game said the Rams said said the team sees the team sees Sean McVay as their leader and think of him as their 54th player because of his intensity and his relatability with the players. You remember Andy Reid in Philadelphia? He was loved there as a coach. The player issues they had with Deshaun Jackson and Lashawn McCoy. That all started when Chip Kelly came in and after Andy Reid left. Post-game last night, Marcus Peters, the former Chiefs quarterback, hugged Andy Reid like it was his dad and he was saying goodbye to him for a long time. Uh, I mean, you know, you hear coaches talk about Andy Reid. It's good stuff. Both coaches cater to their offense and make the offense work for their QBs. They cater the offense to work for their QBs. Both of them know how to utilize talent on the offensive side of the ball about as good as anyone does in the game. Andy Reid got a hell out, got, got a lot out of Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, Alex Smith, and now Patrick Mahomes. You look at Reid's resume, he's coached 20, 20 seasons straight in the NFL, and he's averaging about 10 wins a game, while McVay comes from uh, jo- the, John, the Grudens and the Shanahans. John and Jay, Shanahans, Mike and Kyle, and he's now regarded as maybe the best young offensive mind and coach, uh, and maybe the most creative play caller in the game. How did Andy Reid run the Kansas City offense last night? What did he do? He he did what we're used to seeing. He he the, the Chiefs offense last night used a mix of as usual college and pro style formations, and this and those formations changed a lot during the game. The Chiefs can beat you with everything from zone read shovel passes, RPOs, jet sweeps, and frequently sending Tyreek Hill in motion. Which doing that it really get really mentally gets a defense off guard because you might be thinking. Tyreek is getting the ball in the jet sweep, but it could also be a handoff or a pitch or a shovel pass to Kareem Hunt 
Even a sneak by Patrick Mahomes may also aid the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, at getting outside the pocket. And that's where Mahomes is as deadly as any other quarterback I'm watching on the game film playing today. What about the Rams? It, it, it's different. It, it, it's, it's different. McVay, Reed, they run their offenses. They run their offenses in similar ways. Most games, like most coaches do, but they vary things a lot. McVay, what he does, he plays 11 personnel, which he, always, which he almost always does. 11 personnel means you have one running back, one tight end, which means you have three wide receivers. Running backs come first in, in that personnel grouping. The Rams... They're, again, they're almost always in that formation, and they are insanely diversified with all the things they can do from that formation. McVeigh will catch you off guard with misdirections, bubble screens, end arounds, and takes advantage of matchups exceptionally well. And he's aided by Jared Goff, who he's, who he's helped mold into a Pro Bowl MVP-level quarterback. But Goff, don't, don't get it twisted. He can make all the throws needed to take advantage of favorable matchups for the offense, and he's about as accurate as any quarterback I've watched this year. Maybe Drew Brees might have something to say about that, but if you look at Goff, he's one hell of an accurate quarterback, especially this year. Uh, the Rams play as a team, and, and, and I'm talking about not just last night, but the entire year. They play as they played as well as a team as any offense you'll see in the NFL. And I'm not talking about their talent. Because, look, Todd Gurley didn't, didn't get going last night, really. I'm talking about teamwork. You look at the Rams' wide receivers and running backs, they nail the hell out of their blocking assignments. They utilize double teams incredibly well, and, and they have an offense, and their offensive line, speaking of which, has great chemistry, and it's evident when you watch the tape. McHolmes, uh, Mahomes versus Goff, let's, let's break that down a little bit. Goff, how, how, how did he win last night, and how does he always win? Because look, I'm telling you what these guys and what these coaches did last night, but it's the same thing we see every week. But what do they really do? Goff wins the same way that Tom Brady does. He picks apart defenses, and he's a master at finding the soft spot in zone, and he and he can definitely beat your man coverage, and he's great at setting and sliding his protection. Uh, both, you know, both, both quarterbacks are very good at taking advantage of matchups, and they're very smart at doing it, especially at their young age. They both have creative play callers. Um, uh, you know, they both have they both have creative play callers. But we're focusing on Goff right now, and and I'll tell you that um, focusing focusing on Goff for those for those of you that said Jared Goff was a bust, shame on you. Based on what? Based on what? Stats? Stats do not tell a whole story. Watch the tape. Goff had a clean college tape. And you can't simply review stats as a rookie and say, well, he didn't put up good numbers, so I guess he's not a good quarterback. That doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. I said last year that Mitch Trubisky, watching his tape, would be, could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. And you look at him, he's consistently getting better. I, I, I think I had someone tell me, there's, someone tell me you know, he won't even be a good quarterback next year. But look, stats don't tell you everything. You got to watch the tape. Um... Look, Mahomes, how does he win? He wins on extending plays, and he gets the ball in there faster than any quarterback I'm watching right now, and that might include Aaron Rodgers. And he's got the accuracy, too. Mahomes, overall, he may sport the strongest arm in the NFL, but he's a heck of a lot more than that. Like Goff, Mahomes can pick apart a defense, and he's about as good as a thrower outside the pocket as you'll ever see. And again, I'm telling you what these guys have been doing all year, but I'm also telling you what they did last night because it ain't no different. 
On defense, last night, both teams benefited from pass rushes and turnovers. There may have been a lot of points scored, but the defense did make some plays. They also, they also, you know, blew a lot of plays as well. So let's put it into perspective. Um, they didn't slow down the offense. Let's not say that. But for the Chiefs on defense, uh, interior interior defensive lineman Chris Jones looked looked great again. Justin and Houston, Justin Houston and D Ford helped make plays off the edge. Both of them got forced fumbles, um, and they both they both were effective. Um, the best defensive player on the field that was even close. It was Aaron Donald. And looking at the Rams, Aaron Donald was an absolute nightmare to deal with last night. He caused two forced fumbles on sacks, with the second sack being maybe the most impressive defensive play I I saw that entire game. Maybe the most impressive one I saw all week. One of the most impressive ones I've seen all year. The first sack that Donald had was a hell of an inside move as well. So, I mean, they were both good. I mean, it, you know, it just... He's 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 ridiculous, and and if you ask me, in terms of pure talent, he you know he might be the most disruptive defensive lineman we've ever watched. You can't compare him to a guy like like LT or Ray Lewis or you know or even Von Miller. It's from two different positions. Can't compare it. Um, but he's about as he's about as disruptive a defensive lineman as we've ever seen. Uh, this game was so close. You really can't say that one team was noticeably better than the other. Or what could have each team done better? I mean, it's hard to say, but I'll tell you this. What I think for each team, what they could have done better is the Chiefs, they needed to be a whole lot less predictable on defense and not succumb to giving Jared Goff so many favorable matchups, especially in man coverage. The the Rams' game-winning TD demonstrated that. Now, Kansas City as well, speaking of their defense, they didn't disguise very well as it gave the Rams too many favorable matchups again. That was demonstrated on the game-winning TD and throughout the game. The Rams, uh, I think the one thing maybe they could have done better, and I'm going to say this with a grain of salt because it, it may have may have bit you in the butt or maybe, maybe it wouldn't have, but um, if the Rams had gotten Todd Gurley going, it may have helped. It probably would have helped keep Mahomes off the field, but the other side of the coin is it may have slowed down the Rams' offense, which was firing on all cylinders as a passing attack, so... I don't. That's why I say I say it with a grain of salt. Overall, it's tough to say that that was a big negative for the Rams because I mean, look at the scoreboard. The game was a classic. It was a pleasure to watch, and I hope to see a rematch between these two powerhouses in the near future, maybe even this year's Super Bowl. This is Steve the Scout. If you enjoyed this episode of the Pro Football Scouting Podcast, go to the iTunes Store, give us a rating. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow for our Q and A and a continuation of our best players list for each Wednesday. We are now giving you a different, unique kind of best players list. Tune in tomorrow. This is Steve the Scout with the Pro Football Scouting Podcast, signing off.